Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast here on a Monday Day in Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot. Uh, we are going to go through, so today, Mary Kay posted a post-minicamp 53-man roster. Uh, so we're going to go through that. I'm going to kind of read, uh, we're going to go position by position. I'll kind of read who I put on the roster, uh, who I left off, and, and you can kind of tell me you know, what you think of some of the decisions I made. If you think I'm right, if you think I'm wrong, uh, we, we can get into all of that. So let's just start at the very top. And that is, of course, a quarterback. I kept three, Deshaun Watson, Joshua Dobbs, Dorian Thompson Robinson. This one felt pretty straightforward. Yes, absolutely. I think they will keep three on the roster. I think part of the reason um, why... Obviously, they brought in Dorian Thompson Robinson is his relationship, his alliance with uh, Deshaun Watson. And I think that they have the quarterback room set up just the way they want it. So they don't want to do anything to jeopardize that. Uh, not that anybody else would necessarily be able to uh, to grab DTR and put him on their 53 necessarily, but I don't think they'll take any chances. I think they'll have these three guys on the roster. I think you are right on the money here. And and I was thinking, even without that new quarterback rule, I still feel like they'd, they'd have to put Dorian on the roster anyway, um, because somebody would grab him on that cut-down day off, you know, clearing waivers at the very least. So um, it, it feels like he's he would have kind of been destined for the roster regardless. Yeah, I think so. I, um, you know, if, if and when I do my 53, that's exactly the way that I'll go with it. Um, and I I don't think there's anything to really – sweat over here except for you know I know they like Kellen Mond so he's someone that they could put him on the practice squad and try to keep him around as well Uh, they do like him there are things about him that they like Uh, so I could see him sticking around possibly on the practice squad not the 53. Okay let's move on the next position was a running back so again an obvious one a couple obvious ones Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford and then I put Demetric Felton Jr. on as well, and I only kept three running backs um, as, as a projected initial 53. So the question here is, do you think three is the right number? And also, is Demetric Felton the right guy as that third? Yeah, I think right now he is um, because he's versatile. He can do other things. He can catch passes out of the backfield. Um, but I also think that the Browns will add another running back one who can spell Nick Chubb and or Jerome Ford if necessary. I think that the fourth running back that they add, that they sign in free agency over the next couple weeks, next couple, next month or whatever, will be the fourth one on the roster. Yeah, and that'll, that's one of those positions as we kind of go through here. There might be a couple where we look at and say, oh, they could definitely add a body here. And, and running back certainly seems like that. It, I've I've been a little slow to come around to the idea of Demetric Felton as a running back, but I came away from this spring feeling like they're sort of embracing this idea that he is he is in the running back room now. Yeah, he's there. That's where we saw him every single day at OTAs, every single day at minicamp. And uh, it's time for Demetric to find a home, to find a spot. I think he's got it now. And um, and I think it means, you know, I mean, they've also got John Kelly with them right now. Um, but, you know, and, and there are things to like about John Kelly, but I don't think he's ready yet um, to make the 53-man roster. I still think at least another year on the practice squad for him. But in terms of Demetric, I think they're ready to see what he can do. And since he's not going to be needed right away, I think it's a good spot for him. 
Okay, this next one, still not a lot of debate here necessarily. Tight end, I kept three, and those three are, um, some of these are going to be in alphabetical order as I just read them, but Jordan Akins, Harrison Bryant, and David Njoku. Um, There really isn't a lot else there right now. I know there's been some speculation from fans and, and just sort of outside that maybe Harrison Bryant could find himself on the bubble, but I think Harrison's pretty safe and you know, based on what we were watching, Mary Kay, he was he was taking some reps ahead of Jordan Aikens. Um, I, I, very different positions, though. Aikens is going to be split out more. Harrison Bryant's going to be a little more in line. So I think that's why Harrison Bryant still makes the roster, even after the, the addition of Aikens. I still think you carry three tight ends, and Bryant is one of them. Yes, I do think. I think you've got the right three tight ends here. Uh, but once again, I also think that... And Harrison is more of a, a blocking tight end, whereas with um, with Jordan Akins, he's more of a receiver. He's just a big receiver more than anything. And the NFL is trending towards that, uh, just having guys that are big receivers and you don't even have to worry so much about the blocking. So Harrison does bring that element of blocking to the table. And um, But once again, I think they will add another tight end. And if they add another tight end over the next – four weeks or so, or four, six weeks, whatever, uh, then I think that that tight end has a good chance of making the roster because there will be times when they are playing two tight ends, especially because you've got, you know, if you're playing, you know, David and Jordan, um, you know, really Jordan is more of a, of a receiver in that scenario. Uh, so I do think that they will add another one. I do think there will be times where they play two. Sometimes they'll even play three. So I think they could use another one and he will have a good chance of making the squad. Okay, we move on, and we're going to look at this is where I'm, I really am curious about your input. So wide receiver. Uh, now, I kept six, and of course, it, you know, some of these, it depends on how many numbers you keep at each position, right? You can take, you can take from one position and give to another as, as you go through this process. But I kept six, and the six I kept were pretty obvious ones, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Cedric Tillman, and Marquise Goodwin. So then it came down to who my sixth was going to be. And this is making an assumption that this player is going to be 100% by the end of August or close to 100% by the end of August. I went ahead and kept Jakeem Grant. And I'll, I'll tell you kind of my reasoning for Grant over David Bell in particular. I kept Grant because it's a hard sell to say that Andrew Barry is going to cut a draft pick you know, a year after picking him. But my argument for Grant was he does more. You know, he he can be in the return game. I mean, if Bubba Ventrone goes into Andrew's office and says, I want him to be my returner, that's a pretty big advocate to have in, in this situation. So he, he can be effective in the return game. He can still offer you something offensively. And David Bell just doesn't do that stuff. And he's not really a valuable special teams player. And I think maybe you can get David Bell on the practice squad if you wanted to. So that was my initial thought. Am, am I wrong here? Do you think David Bell is a shoe-in? Because I, I did get some pushback on, on Twitter a little bit from some people that they didn't think there's a scenario where a guy like Bell gets cut. You know what? At this point, I don't think that David Bell is going to get cut. I really don't. I think that David Bell, he actually had a nice offseason. He had nice OTAs, nice mini camp. I thought he did a nice job. And Andrew Barry does not part with those draft picks easily at all. 
And especially when you're talking about a higher draft pick, if you're talking about a fifth rounder, a sixth rounder, seventh, maybe, but he's not going to give up on a third rounder that quickly in my estimation. I suppose they probably could get him on the practice squad if they wanted to, but there's a chance that they might not. I really don't think that they're going to give up on David Bell. Um, They might have to keep seven. Jakeem could end up becoming sort of one of those just specially allotted special teams guys and doesn't have to necessarily go into the receiver room or under the receiver umbrella. Uh, But I don't think they're going to get rid of David Bell. Yeah. And I think that's where, like, if I can just find maybe some other position where I can take somebody away, um, maybe that's how I fit a guy like David Bell on. Interestingly, you know, I mean, it was, I, I couldn't make a case for Anthony Schwartz either. You know, he's another young guy and obviously not as recent a draft pick, but, you know, I just found it really hard to make a case for keeping him. It did kind of come down to Grant versus Bell for me. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The thing about Anthony Schwartz is I think it's up to him in training camp to prove what he can do. And here's the reason why I say that. Because he's so darn fast and you can't manufacture that speed. And if there were a time when you could put two really fast guys out on the field in Marquise Goodwin and Anthony Schwartz, that's something that an offensive coordinator would love to be able to do and a defensive coordinator would have a hard time stopping. So for that reason, I think he's got a chance and you can't completely rule him out. Again, there's a numbers game here and it's probably a long shot, but that is his saving grace is his speed. Now, if he can put his football game together and be a football player this summer, then he has a chance to make the team. If he can't do that, then he has no chance to make the team. So it's up to him. I thought he looked pretty decent at times in minicamp and OTAs, but he really has to be consistent in, in these practices, especially against you know a team like the Eagles in those joint practices. He's going to have to look good. And I, we've been saying this for a long time. He needs to get stronger mentally and physically. And if he has been able to do that, And if he has been able to put the other pieces of his game together and stay on the field, that's probably the most important thing for him. He's got to be able to stay on the field and be durable enough to play this game. If he can do those things, then he's got a chance. If not, no shot. Now, revisiting kind of that that top group, um, Cooper Wright, a no-brainer, Peoples-Jones, a no-brainer, Elijah Moore, a no-brainer. I mean, that there's no chance that like Marquise Goodwin has to like earn his spot, right? Like he's, he's on no doubt. He's on again, once again, because of that special quality that you can't find everywhere, very difficult to find is that blazing, blazing speed. And he's got it. And he, he showed up over, he's showed up already in, uh, in mini camp. So yeah, I, I, he's their vertical stretch guy. He's their number one guy to play that position It was something that they lacked last year. They didn't have it. They thought they had it in Anthony Schwartz, but he wasn't ready for it yet. Now they have it. They're not going to give it up. Okay, let's move on to the offensive line here. Uh, Interior offensive line, and this is the most interesting of the group. I did interior offensive line, and then I did tackle. So here's my interior O-line. Joel Batonio, obviously. Ethan Posich, obviously. Wyatt Teller, obviously. Those are your three starters. And then I went with uh, Michael Dunn as an extra guard, and I kept both Nick Harris and Luke Whipler. 
Um, assuming that Nick Harris can kind of prove that he can play guard, which I think is going to be important for him um, if, if he's going to stick around. And he was the second guy up at center, at, at least when I was when I was really paying attention to that during the spring. So um, is Nick Harris in trouble, or do you think he's pretty safe to, to make this roster? I don't know that you can say he's safe to make this roster. I think he's got to go out there and show something, too. In training camp, he's got to stay healthy. And as you mentioned, uh, he also has to show that he can play guard. He's got to prove that he he deserves this spot because these spots are at a premium. And now that you've got Luke Whipler and you can handle the backup center job, if Luke looks good in, in training camp, then there's a chance that Nick could be on the bubble. So I wouldn't say it's a lock for Nick. I'm sure they'd like to keep him. Once again, he's a draft pick. And Andrew doesn't give up on them easily, but it's, it's going to be tough to keep both of those guys, Whipler and Harris on the roster, I think. And, and then at the tackle position, again, I felt like this was a pretty kind of surprisingly, I don't know, maybe not surprisingly, but a straightforward group. Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills Jr. obviously as your starters. And then um, James Hudson and Dewan Jones as, as your swing tackles. This is a group that just seems feel set to me. And, and maybe, again, you can play around with some numbers and fit another tackle taking away from another position. But I feel like those four, that's pretty set. Yeah, it does feel set. Uh, my only concern about this group is the fact that there's very little experience uh, at the backup tackle spot. It's not like you've got some journeyman like Chris Hubbard that can just go in there and get the job done. So in the event that you had to have someone play tackle for you other than Conklin or Wills for any length of time, you're really going to have to see if that if that's going to work for you to plug in one of these guys. If not, you have other options. You've got Joel Batonio who can do it, um, and you've got you know some other things that you could possibly do. But that's my only concern with those guys is that there's just a little bit of a lack of experience there. Okay, we're going to take a break, and then we'll move over to the defensive side of the ball here on this 53-man roster. And back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, going through a 53-man roster that I put up at cleveland.com slash browns a little earlier on Monday. Uh, cleveland.com slash browns is also where you can become a football insider subscriber. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page to get a newsletter uh, delivered to your inbox. I actually, um, I, I wrote Monday's newsletter and I included kind of a little preview of the 53-man roster in there and, and a couple of guys uh, why I why I decided to put them on the bubble. So uh, you get stuff like that. You also get to become one of our texters and you get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash Brad. So click the blue banner at the top of the page there uh, to get info and get signed up. All right, Mary Kay, the defensive side of the ball. I kept six defensive ends. Uh, Miles Garrett, Isaiah McGuire, Obo Okoronkwo, Zadarius Smith, right? The obvious guys, uh, Isaiah Thomas and Alex Wright. Um, they're, they're sort of a drop off after those guys. And so it just felt, I think six is right. Um, and, and just, you know, so we're looking at the makeup of the whole defensive line. I kept, there's a bigger discussion there at tackle, but I kept four tackles as well. So 10 defensive linemen total. Um, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to squeeze both Thomas and Wright on. If I had to choose between one of the two, I'd choose Wright just because he was the higher draft pick. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but it feels like this is the group. Yeah, I think you're right on uh, with this group. Uh, you know, when when you hear that list of names, I can't see anybody there that they would really want to uh, part ways with or put on the practice squad. Um, again, if anybody, 
it would be Isaiah Thomas because, um, you know, you've got now you've got Isaiah McGuire. He's your more recent draft pick. And, you know, you want to probably give him a chance. But, um, yeah, I think you've got the right group here. And I do think Alex Wright, he's got a lot to prove still. But I, I would I would think that they would keep him over Thomas. And, and you knew he was kind of a raw prospect when you brought him in. So so you knew it was going to take time. And you've, you've given yourself a little wiggle room there now. He doesn't have to be your number two or number three edge rusher this year. So he's not going to maybe be, be as exposed as he was a year ago. All right, so we move on to where the real discussion is here, and that's defensive tackle. Here's the four I kept. Obviously, Dalvin Tomlinson. Obviously, Siaki Iko because he's a 2023 draft pick. And then I kept Jordan Elliott and Mo Hurst. And that was it. So that means uh, I did not keep Tommy Togiai and probably most, um, I guess if you're looking for the headline out of this group, I didn't keep Perion Winfrey. Um, now, obviously, Perion, uh, as, as you posted earlier today, his case in Texas was dismissed. Um, so that that's done and over with at, at this point. So at least that's out of the way for Perion. But I'm just curious, you know, we've talked so much about these 2022 picks already, but Perion's another one. Is is he in trouble? Like, is there a scenario where he doesn't make this team? Well, he has to do everything right from here on out. Between now and the 53-man cuts, he's got to be on his best behavior. He's got to be just impeccable in terms of getting to things on time. He's got to be that professional that they want him to be. The fact that they have stuck with him through, the, through this latest situation uh, leads me to believe that they want to give him a chance to become the football player they drafted in the fourth round last year out of Oklahoma. Uh, so I do think that he's got a chance. He's got a chance because if they didn't think he had a chance, they would have parted ways with him by now, I think. I mean, we didn't even see him outside at practice for the first two days of minicamp. Kevin wouldn't say if it was disciplinary or not. Um, so for whatever reason, they see something in him and they're sticking with him. So he's somebody to watch. But for the most part, I think you have a, a good, solid group here. Is four, do you, is four the right number, do you think? And, and I was thinking four just because, that, first of all, that's pretty normal. But also, like if Zadarius Smith is going to play inside, and you know, you've mentioned Dalvin as a guy that, that could maybe play out <laughs> on the edge a little bit as well. You know, is, is there, it, it just feels like four is the right number because of the versatility um, that, that they can have. Yeah, I think so. Four is the right number because, as you mentioned, Zadarius Smith is, he's going to play a lot of defensive tackle. So you can put him as a dual threat, defensive end, defensive tackle. He's going to be inside plenty. And that's because you've got two really other good ends in Miles and Obo Okoronkwo. So yeah, I think you're okay there because of, because of Z and what he brings to the table from the defensive tackle spot. Okay, let's move on to another interesting position, and this is linebacker. Um, there's a lot. It's almost impossible on June 12th to project the linebackers because we don't know the status of Anthony Walker. We don't know the status of Sione Takitaki, and especially Takitaki because he suffered his injury in Houston in December, and that was a torn ACL. So, so we just don't know where these guys are going to be by the end of August. It's, it's kind of similar to Jakeem Grant even. Uh, coming off that ruptured Achilles. So I kept five linebackers. I kept Matthew Adams and Tony Field. So those guys would sort of make it for their special teams ability. And Matthew Adams was one of the guys that they've signed, um, I would think, to be a Bubba Ventrone special teamer. 
And then JOK, Sioni Takitaki, and Anthony Walker. And that meant that I had to leave Jacob Phillips out. Would Jacob Phillips get cut in favor of a special teams type of player like a Tony Fields or a Matthew Adams? Or do you think they still see something in him? You know, this this is a tough one because I see Jacob Phillips making the football team. This is where you part ways with a Nick Harris instead of a Jacob. Um, I, I think that Jacob's going to make the roster. Once again, third round pick, that's pretty high. You don't want to give up on your third round picks. Uh, he hasn't had a chance to show what he can do yet because he's been injured. Uh, you know, he, he's got to prove that he can stay healthy, but I do think that they like him and they see big things for him if he can stay on the field. So this is one of those spots where you, you know, you make another tough choice somewhere else, such as that defensive end spot with, you know, with a Thomas or something like that. And you keep, or Nick Harris and you keep a Jacob Phillips. Yeah, th- this is where it gets. This is just where it gets tough. And, and yeah. again, maybe maybe he gets on there because Taki Taki's not ready, or, or Walker's not ready, or, or something like that. Um, I get that. This is all of this is hard on June twelfth, um, and really doesn't mean a whole lot on June twelfth. But uh, this position is really hard when you're dealing with guys coming back from injuries. And we should mention Jacob Phillips as well. Uh, you know, coming back from from injury, although we were able to see him on the field a little bit. Uh, over the spring also left Jordan Kanashik off, um, you know, guy that, you know, special teams guy, uh, maybe, maybe you see him on the practice squad, but, but that it gets crowded in that room, especially if like linebacker isn't going to be a real point of emphasis for this defense. Well, one of the things that you could possibly do is you might be able to play around with injured reserve a little bit at the beginning of the season and uh, throw a couple of those, um, injured linebackers on injury reserve for a while and hang on to your Jordan Kanashiks and players like that, that you might ultimately have to do something else with. Um, but because of those injuries, you might have a little wiggle room there. Okay. We can really get into the weeds if we want to and talk bottom of the roster guys here. as so we get into the secondary, but I was surprised kind of how set the secondary is um, a cornerback. I kept six. So Martin Emerson, uh, Mike Ford, Cameron Mitchell, Greg Newsom, Denzel Ward. I I chose Thomas Graham as my sixth over like AJ Green, but Chris Westry as well. There, there's a couple guys there kind of battling for that final spot. Um, and then just to kind of continue this to safety, right? We've got Grant Delpit, Rodney McLeod, and Juan Thornhill. And then I chose DeAnthony Bell, kind of the just you know, the name, the name, you know, as opposed to the name you don't, uh, but Ronnie Hickman, Tanner McAllister, are both undrafted guys, Bubba Bolden um, is a guy that's still around. It just sort of feels like that fourth safety spot and that last cornerback spot probably are going to be up to Bubba. Like it's going to go to the guy that, that he really likes on special teams and that Jim Schwartz doesn't mind throwing out there as an extra corner or a nickel or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. And you know what? Every time we do this exercise, I keep thinking, you know, why not increase rosters to like 56 with one more football game each year? It's so hard to get to the end of the season healthy. So why not let these guys add a few more guys to the roster? What, you know, what's up with that? Everybody needs those last three guys. Um, But yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, they love AJ Green. They love AJ Green. And uh, Thomas Graham can play in the slot. Now, will they have the luxury of keeping him for that? I, I don't know. 
And like you said, some of these guys will come down to special teams and Bubba will have a say. But this is a this is tough in in the back end there with these cornerbacks. They love their cornerbacks. So they'll they'll probably err on the side of, of caution and try to keep one more running back than I mean one more cornerback than than some other teams might. Um but you know, when they find a good cornerback, they do not let go easily. I, I think the lesson every time I do this kind of with Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski has been there's it seems like this roster is pretty stable. You know, a lot of the decisions I'm making are like, who's going to be the sixth corner? Who's going to be the fourth safety? Who's going to be the doing six wide receivers or seven? But the roster itself seems pretty stable. And as we go through training camp too, we tend to notice like, you know, picking that 53-man roster actually gets kind of easy because they just sort of put the guys out there that are going to be on. Like they don't really overthink it and they don't, I don't want to say there's no competition, but it usually is very like, you know, we, we want to get the guys we like on the field and get them their work. And, and you know, the, the roster battles and bubble battles kind of end up not being much at all. Yeah, that's true. There are not very many battles to, to speak of. I mean, when you think about it, we pretty much know who's starting where, right? I mean, the, you, you we could rattle off the D-line right now. We can't rattle off the linebackers right now because some of them have been injured and we're not 100% certain about them. But, you know, we know the starting corners. We know the starting safeties. We know the three top safeties. We know the whole offensive line. We know the starting receivers. I mean, it's we know it, it it's pretty much spelled out already. So it's not like we're heading into camp thinking, oh, geez, who's going to win that wide receiver job? I mean, it's, it's not like that at all. Um, there are very few job openings. And for those few job openings, there will be fierce competition. Okay, there we go. My uh, June 12th, 53-man roster. Um, really, again, we're, we're more than two months away from cut-down day. So there's going to be a lot of chaos. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be guys added, guys lost. But uh, it's always kind of fun to kind of do this exercise and, and figure out where the roster stands and, and sort of where we're watching uh, once training camp kicks off next month. So I mentioned Football Insider earlier. Again, it's Cleveland Browns, or it's like cleveland.com slash Browns. Click on the blue banner at the top of the page uh, to get info on that and get signed up. And also just get subscribed to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And also check out our YouTube channel, Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com. If you search that, you will find it on YouTube. Uh, all right, Mary Kay, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great. Sounds great.